Welcome to the Hot Lava Podcast. Kevin AC, Padres beat writer. I'm in Peoria, Arizona. My boss, which I always remember, Jay Posner, back in San Diego. Jay, uh, what, we're three weeks in, I think. I think uh, on Sunday, three weeks means that we're almost halfway through and getting closer to, you know, a season that I think that everyone is, is fairly excited about uh, because... You know, they say there's going to be a change, and, and I believe that there there is a change in expectation, and, and I look forward to seeing how it plays out. So I way to say, you know, look, we still have a lot of things to uh, to determine, and um, I don't know where you would like to start, but any questions on your mind, Jay, that I can answer for you or we can discuss? Well, I, I would start with the fact that r- right now in San Diego, it feels more like Arizona than Arizona probably does, because <laughs> it's like in the 80s here again, and and uh, we need this to stop. And actually, I think it is. But uh, anyway, beyond that, with the Padres, I, get, I guess my biggest question right now would have to be, are they ever going to give up a run again? Are we are we looking at the longest scoreless streak in in Cactus League or or maybe maybe MLB history? It's been at least two games, right? Since right. anyone on the other team touched home plate against one of the Padre hurlers, as they say, two uh, two, two shutouts in in a row. The notable thing about yesterday's uh, it was Adrian Morahone one and one third innings against the Rio you know, that the. the Top of the lineup, the, the first, what, six batters in the Angels lineup. And they were likely the first six batters the Angels will roll out there most nights. So that's good when we're talking Mike Trout, Anthony Rendon, even Albert Pujols. Uh, so, and I say even Albert Pujols, obviously, because he's like 84 now. Right, uh, right. You know, future Hall of Famer, of course. <laughs> uh, um, yeah, I feel bad. I feel bad for people like just watching Albert Pujols in the last couple of years. Like, oh, what's the big deal about Albert Pujols? It's like, oh, if only, if only you knew. If only you had seen him. Yeah, I'm not sure that he was exactly uh, Mike Trout, but uh, you know, uh, cl- close to it in terms of you. You wanted to see all of his at bats, right? So. Right. Uh, and and then there was uh, what an inning later, Emilio Pagan came in, pitched a perfect third, uh, two strikeouts. I mean, wow. You know, it was it was dominant stuff. He also got a little help from nice play at third by Greg Garcia. Other than that, seven guys you will not see again. I'm not talking <laughs> about like that, and and I'm I'm exaggerating maybe a little. Who knows what's going to happen? But we are talking about of the you would say 13 guys that uh, right now you would say would circulate through the Padres bullpen this year. None of those guys, other than Pagan, pitched yesterday. Okay. So no. Again, not like you were getting or anyone was getting too excited, but it was like, I'm not sure the Angels. <laughs> <laughs> right. So, we're, we're really into that game. I, I'm not sure. Uh, but I'll tell you that the guys who are competing, and uh, not, obviously Trey Wingenter hasn't been out there yet, but uh, Javi Guerra, they are going to make it tough on the Padres. I'm telling you. Or their Padres are going to be very grateful if they keep pitching like this and let's say Jose Castillo weren't ready. There was an injury or, or the Padres look to make a trade. And the pitching has been very strong. Now, at this point in spring training, the pitching is usually ahead. That's it. Two shutouts in a row. You don't get that very often because it gets, it gets a little sloppy late in the spring training games. Okay, and you mentioned Greg Garcia playing really well at third base yesterday. Obviously, the Padres have a pretty good third baseman, so we're not going to see <laughs> Greg Garcia at third base much starting on March 26. But at second base, where do we stand on the second base situation? I, you know, they've added Brian Dozier. They've got Garcia, who you know, who hits right-handed pitching really well. Mm-hmm. Uh, they brought in Profar during the off season, who hits lefties well, as does Dozier. 
I mean, there's even other guys that we like heroes and people like that that I guess we you know aren't going to make the team. But where does second base stand I, with those three guys and how you see playing time being divvied up? And or I mean, maybe it's too soon. Dozier hasn't even played huh? in the field yet. But could we see all three of those guys on the roster come March 26th? I suppose it's possible because with the 26th man, if you went with you know. And again, math, I'm sorry, we're in the middle of spring training, but uh, it is possible. There's all sorts of combinations, you know, three catchers, is it six infielders, is it five outfielders? I guess it might be tough to, I guess it might be tough to have all those guys if you're also going right. to keep Cronenworth, which it seems like they want to do right. just because of his versatility and ability to pitch. It is possible, mm-hmm. but I don't think so. And like you said, it is too early. Dozier expected sometime this weekend to play second base. Uh, he is, what, 33 now? Um he is even better against lefties than Profar, like far better at least last year. And that's, you know, uh, Dozier isn't what he used to be. But if I had to give you an early indication here, and there's a lot of things that go into me saying this, this sort of uh, educated opinion that I'm going to give here, I'm going Dozier Garcia. Okay. If that's it right now, you said, because Profar, struggling with the throws uh, last year, not great at the plate in terms of what the Padres are looking for. Primarily, I'm speaking about on-base percentage. And Garcia has earned that spot for primarily his ability to hit um, against righties. But also, he's uh, really believe has become the kind of player they want to have in this clubhouse. And, and now, look, if Profar were to outplay him, uh, then you know he, that, would be, that would be another thing. But I'm saying right now, I believe Greg Garcia is on this roster, and you're looking at Dozier, Dozier and Profar competing. And just for all the reasons that they went after him, uh, including the, guess what? You know where he lives? Next to Bobby Dickerson, <laughs> the infield coach. Well, the thing uh, about the thing about Garcia is that you know you talk about, and this is one of those things that will drive me, and I'm sure other people. I'm not the only one crazy about spring training. It's kind of like. We know what Greg Garcia is. We've seen Greg Garcia for the last several years, whether it was with the Cardinals or the Padres. He hits right-handed pitching. So unless he, you know, unless he's lost it at whatever age he is, which I, 30. I, thirty years old, which I wouldn't think is is possible. I mean, we saw it with a guy like Chase Headley, who suddenly just, you know, became almost incapable of hitting major league pitching. But he was older than Garcia is. Garcia's shown no signs of that. It's hard for me to imagine Garcia's not on this team. Right. Um, and, and especially, I mean, you really need a guy that can hit right-handed pitching because that's, you know, more pitchers are right-handed than left-handed. So it really does seem to come down to who's going who's gonna to hit lefties. And, and maybe the spring does matter. And maybe it matters especially with a guy like Dozier, who is a little older, uh-huh. just to make sure that he's still got it. And, you know, his numbers last year were good. There's no reason to doubt that they wouldn't, he wouldn't be able to hit Again, but if if I was Profar, I, I would be concerned right now. Uh, Without a doubt, I'm telling you that he should be. Yeah. Uh, now, he, there's a lot of spring left, but oh, sure. there's a reason that Dozier was brought in. And and where I was going is, you know, uh, first off, I've been told <laughs> straight up uh, yeah. by a few people that uh, Profar is the one in trouble. But there's just so many signs, including the fact that he, one of the people that Dozier talked to before he came here was Bobby Dickerson, who they, you know, are are, are basically neighbors. Uh, he got the he got the go ahead. Uh, so you know, there's, Dozier didn't come here to not make the team. Right, I, right. It, it, that the writing is on the wall. 
So uh, the outfield, Jay, let's move on to that. Tommy Pham, where is Tommy Pham? Is this going to be another one of these guys that comes to San Diego and he gets the, whether it's the San Diego curse or whatever you want to call it, is he going to be one of those guys that comes here with this, this glittering resume and then it's like, oh great, he's hurt, he can't play, can't throw, he's lost it, all that kind of stuff. Where is Tommy Pham, Kevin? I'm actually glad that you uh, phrased it like that, that you went that far over the top. Because <laughs> what, what else am I here for? <laughs> right. Well, no, that's obviously the way that a lot of people are looking at it. And how could any of us blame them? Right, right. Described <laughs> in, in one or many ways the way that players such as Tommy Pham have been brought here and it just hasn't worked out. Now, I don't know that very many of them were as talented as Tommy Pham. I don't know that very many of them were in what we would still consider the prime of their career, as Correct. Tommy Pham appears to be. Mm-hmm. So there are a lot of things that, that go, uh, you know, that, that are different. And then we have to we have to treat every situation different. And I have – it's my job to ask and ask and ask and ask. And ask in a way, uh, you know, first point blank, and then be like, all right, look – you just need to know. I'm not going to leave you guys alone on this if you can level with me here. This is what you're saying it is. And several people have said it was precaution and that Tommy Pham, who had uh, you know kind of a, a side soreness, right? Not even a, like a pulled muscle or something, the side soreness that was shut down for a few days essentially has been throwing. He started swinging, and he is going to uh, serve as a designated hitter on Saturday. I believe that's uh, as we tape this on Friday, the, tomorrow against the Reds in Goodyear. So, look, there it is. So if he hits and he comes out of that well, then he's on track. Now, we still have the question. What about the throws? When are going to play in left field? I was just going to say, it's one thing to be able to hit if he was still Uh playing in Tampa. And they'd be able to roll him out there regardless of his arm. But we still need to to see him throw. And be able to throw consistently on a you know day after day after day i mean not that sometimes there's he might go games where he doesn't have to make a, a lot of hard throws but you know he might go a week where he has to do that every you know three times a game kind of uh, right well so it has to be tested is, yes is your point yes. and they are hoping to do that latest by by mid-march and look i've seen it with my eyes he's out there throwing he's out there throwing at 110 plus feet that's not enough that's you know and it's not full go mm-hmm. yet but it has been a half a dozen times, and, and that is what I'm told is the progression that he was supposed to be on. So by by all appearances and by what people are saying, this is not anything to worry about. Now, again, I started by saying we all need to stay vigilant on it because – not just because of the history, but because of his, you know, his importance to to the roster. Oh, absolutely. Uh, he had huge. Uh, he had a partially torn UCLA. Or, sorry, Jay. Uh, <laughs> There's a good slip there. Did, did you place. see the Bruins are in first place, Kevin? Have you noticed that? Then <laughs> <laughs> uh, I gave you that window. Uh, and you know, the the fact is, is, he's super important to the team, and. He was hurt last year. He spent the offseason basically idle while he was undergoing treatment. And, you know, he hasn't shown us anything. So that's why there is a reason to have at least some concern, if not worry. I I would agree. Let's let's say for the moment that everything is going to be okay with Tommy Pham and he plays 145 games or whatever the target Uh is for him in left field for the Padres. That leaves two other outfield positions. You wrote today about Trent uh, Trent Grisham, the new acquisition from Milwaukee. 
There's also, of course, Will Myers, because there's always Will Myers. There's Josh Naylor. Uh, who else am I missing that would be involved in the... Oh, Francie Cordero. Francie Cordero, who you wrote about uh, the other day, is also has to be in the mix if, he's, uh, if he can stay healthy. So uh, is it those four for two spots? Juan Ligaris. Uh, Ligaris yeah. is cert- I can't see Ligaris being a starter, but but he no. certainly he certainly could be a valuable member. To me, he could be a little bit of a of a Travis Jankowski type, maybe the guy that can that can come in and and uh, and play the outfield late in games and and make you know make a defensive play to to save He's a game. By far their best defensive outfielder. Right. I've not seen Tommy Pham play in person. Uh, okay, but, so uh, where are we? So where are we in center field and right field right now? With well, Trent Grisham is the uh, the presumptive uh, starter. You know, everyday player. Uh, virtually every day. There's no such thing as everyday player anymore, but right. uh, virtually everyday player in center field. And they would hope that Will Myers earns the bulk of playing time in right field. That leaves you, possibly, if you want to go with four outfielders, which I suspect they'll go with five, uh, Naylor, Cordero, Ligaris. Let's just say mm-hmm. uh, one okay. crack is that they go Ligaris, and then it's down to Naylor and uh, Cordero. Which seems like it's got to be, in that situation, from what we've seen in the past, You've got to, and again, we, we, we're talking months, weeks away from actually a decision, but it seems like Cordero is the guy that you would want on the, on the roster at that point. Um, I mean, he's shown, if he's healthy, he looks like he has more talent and is offering more to the team than Josh Naylor. If he's healthy, a five-tool player uh, right. who has learned how to become an actual major league hitter, yes, I'm agreeing with you. Yes. Josh Naylor, uh, they love him. He is incredibly powerful. He might have the, I mean, he was certainly has a, a you know, a more refined uh, approach at the plate than, than Franchi does at this point. Uh, Jace Tingler loves him. Uh, I can't rule Josh Naylor out. Mm-hmm. It, it, it's, a, it's a race, Jay. It, it, it really is. Uh, but I will tell you, if you didn't read that story on Franchi, the things that people had to say about him, and they, they were things that I was able to ask these guys about because I knew it's how they really felt. It wasn't like, oh, I go up and I ask a guy, hey, what do you think about Franchi Cordero? And they just lavish praise on him. Right. This is stuff that players talk about, about Franchi. Like, wow, what he has been in brief spurts and what he could be. So, no, you do not give up on, on, on Franchi. It is a matter of do they think at that point, on opening day, is – is you know does he look like the franchi of you know last opening day you uh-huh. know and then seven days later he's on the injured list <laughs> uh does he right. look like the franchi of last opening day how is naylor doing because the fact is look josh naylor the guy i believe very strongly more than most i think fans probably do because you haven't seen much of him josh naylor has a bright future in the major leagues i don't think it's as an outfielder well we could get into where he could play uh-huh. if a certain team hadn't made a certain decision a couple of years ago to sign a certain player to an eight-year contract for way too much money and way too long but that's probably for another day where josh Naylor could fit in i could launch into my defense of eric hosmer which i would say that you have you know multiple valid points but that i also can make a case for eric hosmer eventually being worth it for this team, but we don't have time for that now. I've got to get into the clubhouse. And you can never make a case for him being worth this contract, but that's another story for another day. And Money I don't know what it used to be, buddy. <laughs> and I don't want you to, uh, to miss out on any of your, uh, many, any of your assignments that we're actually paying you for. So, uh, <laughs> you can go ahead and ra- for this, what? <laughs> go ahead and wrap it, go ahead and wrap it up for this week. 
Yep, uh, Padres uh, Cubs on Friday night and a uh, busy weekend. And I'm very much looking forward to next uh, the next eight days after that. The Padres are like home or no more than like 10 minutes from here. So I know that's what's most important to everybody else. Of is course. How far do I have to drive that's right. when I'm here? But <laughs> I'm very excited about what is happening uh, here in Peoria. So thank you, everybody, for joining us. Thanks.